Hello and welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, through Zoom, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We're locked in, ready to go, doing an early recording of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast because your boy is going to Florida. So we'll be doing a review of Elimination Chamber next weekend. Um, You know, thank God we don't. Mike, are you going to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch Elimination Chamber live? On Peacock? Uh, probably. Probably. See, that's commitment to the craft right there. Commitment to the craft. Um, yeah. Of course, if you want to preview that and have the spoilers already told to you, you can listen to last week's episode. This week, though, Mike, got a loaded show. We're talking the NBA All-Star game. We're talking uh, contender, pretenders. We kind of get ramped up for the back half of the NBA season. Um, we've obviously got some our first edition of the Merck Zone Mock Draft Corner. And, of course... We're doing AEW Revolution preview. Uh, lots of stuff coming your way today, guys. Uh, first off, I just want to say thank you for all the support. Appreciate uh, all you guys who listen each and every week. Really appreciate it. Uh, make sure to go to I'mAlwaysRightPC.com. Make sure you use our promo code ALWAYSRIGHT for 15% off all righteous selling craft jerky products. Um, and be on the lookout for our new uh, clothing spot to get the official I'm Always Right Sports Podcast t-shirt. So be on the lookout for that. Got some Got some things in the fire right now trying to get those back up uh, now that the site that we were using is no longer a thing. So got to work through that. But, Mike, let's get to an NBA All-Star game last weekend. Um, we saw all the festivities. We have a back-to-back slam dunk champion. Uh, we've got Dame Lillard able to hit threes everywhere outside of an actual basketball game. He's yeah. a back-to-back three-point winner. Is he? Did he want a back-to-back, too? I thought yeah. I didn't know if he won it last year. We got Steph yeah. Curry. Winning that special challenge uh, with, uh, what's her name? Sabrina. There you Inescu. go. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't pronounce her last name. Um, you know, that was pretty cool. Um, and then, obviously, the the game itself, I, I guess I'll throw that in there. I don't really know if you want to call it that. But I guess the question, and this has kind of been on a lot of people's minds throughout, and I, and I thought it was a good topic to bring to our show as well, because as, as we all know at this point, Mike – Bartholomew Merkel Mm -hmm. is an NBA junkie, which means he will watch the skills competition. He's watching the dunk contest, and you know damn well he's got popcorn ready to go for that NBA All-Star game. Mm -hmm. And yet every year they let him down because the All-Star game sucks. It's boring. It's awful. There's nothing to it. Um, So, Mike, I want to ask you, Mr. NBA, Right, that you mm-hmm. deserve. You are. You are. You deserve to be the NBA fan of the year because <laughs> you live in Michigan with the worst basketball team ever, and yet you still manage to watch regular season games of other teams. That's how committed you are to the product. Um, give me a reason to continue to to support a the NBA All Star game because I don't enjoy it. It's awful. And then I check the score, and it's one hundred and twenty five to one hundred and twenty six at halftime, and you go. I don't know what's happening, but this isn't basketball. It's just talented. It's it's the it's the Harlem Globetrotters with better basketball players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's the problem: is the first two two thirds of your statement mm-hmm. was a hundred percent true. Um, <laughs> I do I do like the skilled competition. Yeah, I do really enjoy the three point contest. Same. The dunk contest is used good. Used to be fun. Like every four years, it's like really really good. 
Like, you'll get, like, the Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine's, the Eric Gums Jr., Aaron honestly, Gordon's. The, the slam dunk contest, I know, catches a lot of flack nowadays. But it, we talked about this off-air last week, where it's like, I can't even get mad at the slam dunk contest, because it's like, at one point, you, you kind of run out of ideas, right? Like, there's only so many ways to reinvent this wheel. Yeah, like, like everyone's like, oh, the 90s and the 2000s were so much better. I was like, listen, we gave, like, Jordan a 50 from dunking from the free throw line, right? Like, that was a 50 dunk. Yeah. Like, subjectively, it was a 50 dunk. Mm-hmm. Now, if you dunk through the legs a 360 from the from the uh, free throw line, you're like 47. <laughs> like, it's it's like, what are we doing here? So, I, I yeah, like, you're just asking, you really want this, you, like, to get a 50 nowadays, it's like, all right, we need Taco Falls holding Shaq on his arms and someone jumping off both of them. Yeah, I feel like you just need to jump as high as you possibly can, and that gets it more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So to say that, to, I, I do like the dunk contest, but I will agree that normally it's like... I just think it's hard. It's fun. Yeah, you see, because you can go down the list, right? The the cupcake on the rim, and you're blowing out a candle while you're dunking. You've got the grabbing something with your one hand, and then you dunk it through, and it keeps it... like. We've got cars, we've got Superman capes, we've got every possible thing. And you're right, every once in a while you get like that standout performance between two guys just going at it, and you're like, damn, these guys are athletes and you know how to, you know, know what you're looking yeah. for. Realistically, the, the one way to actually make the dunk down cool, straight to the rim. Like yeah. If you were like, like, oh, it's a 12-foot rim yeah. or whatever, and then you were you were doing a through-the-leg dunk on yeah. a 12-foot rim, you're like, Right. Okay. But like everyone can dunk on a 10 foot rim in the NBA. So it's like not, unless you're like Nate Robinson, you're like five foot. Yeah. And it's then like it's twice your height. A different reason. A, exactly. But yeah. like the guy who's uh, seven foot two is like, okay, you're I want to see, I want to see that. I want the top five tallest players on the NBA to do a dunk contest and see which one of them snaps their leg first. Cause it's going to happen. I just want to see which one happens. But to your point, right? Dunk contest is fun on the whole, right? Three point mm-hmm. contest, a lot of fun skills competition. I'll let you finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you hit the All Star game, and All Star game sucks. All Star yep. game is like one of it's, it's actually the worst All Star game of the four, I think. Um, I think cool. the NFL, I think the NFL adding flag football, at least like you just see like quarterbacks throw like ninety yards, like they're just like whipping the ball around the field, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, All Star game, literally everyone just walking. They're just mm-hmm. like they're just dribbling through their legs. Not it's even like a ninety-five three point. It's not even a game. They're just kind of standing around. Yeah. Basically. I don't even know um, why. You know how serious the NBA takes the All-Star game? Doc Rivers was the Eastern Conference coach. He's been coaching 17 minutes with the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think he's won a game yet. And yet he was like, no, no. All-Star game coach. Yeah, he's three and seven. But yeah, okay, to your so, point, yeah. It's, yeah. he's won 30% of his games. It's that great. Um, but he had two of them on him, Mike. Don't you don't you besmirch? Yeah. Um, but no, so I think the only two ways they can even try to fix this. And one of them is not really a, a long-term fix at all, but I think for one year can yeah. be fun. And then the other one could be a fix um, is doing America versus like the world That'd for one year. Yeah. They, they've think, mixed it up. They've done the drafts before. And I just think having like Luca and Jokic and all these guys from like Europe playing on a team and like America, because everyone's always like shooting on like the American basketball. It's like, of like Tatum and Curry, and it's like, yeah, you guys are nowhere near as good as Jokic and Luka are now. I think they'd actually try to compete for like, no, no, we're still better than you guys for yeah. like a year. 
after after a year it would like fall apart but like for a year i think would be kind of cool um i think long term and i think we brought this up actually like last year when we talked about how awful the all-star game is um i think they should just do winner of the all-star game gets home court in the finals yeah because i don't think it would fix the whole game but i think the last like seven minutes if it's competitive Jokic would be like i want to be out there right like that team's gonna be in the finals this impacts me yeah like yeah. I think, I think the top seeded teams would be like, "Hello, I want to, I want to be out there and play." Not, ah, uh, you know, Trey Young, you can, you can be out there, right? Like it's, it doesn't really matter. So I think that's the one fix that might help, like fourth quarter of some of these games. But yeah. like an overall fix, I think the game's broken. Yeah, probably you know, should be. I think. Yeah, I, I think the NFL, it, they have a lot of flaws, but I think the NFL finally realized that nobody gives a shit about the Pro Bowl, right? So they leaned into it almost right where they're like, Hey, we're going to bring on the Manning brothers. We're going to do flag football. We're going to do a lot more skills competition, but you know, we're going to do something where everybody, you know, okay, the linemen are going to push a sled and then the linebackers got to do this. And like, so they, they balanced it where they figured it out where they, they stopped taking it so seriously. They stopped trying to present it as a competitive, like all oh, the pro bowl. Now it's more of like, yeah, we're competing AFC, NFC, but we're having fun. Right. And everybody's having fun. Right. And then mm-hmm. flag football where, you know, you got do guys doing triple passes. They leaned into the fun, not serious aspect of it, which I think overall has helped the presentation of the pro bowl. I think the NBA kind of needs to get into that as well. Like, I don't know, maybe something where they just repositioned it all together, where you did a, a three V three contest or something, mm-hmm. instead, right? Where, Hey, you know, you got a LeBron, a, a you know, whoever. Yeah. People brought up, but I think would be really fun. And yeah. it, it would, it would make the next day ratings TV show gold Yeah, is like do a King of the Hill, like one on one to yeah, three exactly. or something. something yeah. Like, just you something imagine, new. imagine like LeBron and KD going one on one. And right, it's like, all oh, yeah, be first like five. First, yeah. first to five, first to three, you yeah. know, whatever you want to do. I think something like that would be like, because then like the competitive nature can come out, but then it's like, but it's a non-serious aspect. Exactly. You know, you're not going to get hurt. You're going to, you're going to see a lot of pull-up jumpers, right? You're going to see, and especially if you mic'd everybody up Mm -hmm. at the same time, that would be genius because then you go all access, right? Like on NBA TV and shit. And you're just like, oh man, they were trash talking hard. Right. And that would be a lot of fun. I, I, I think that's spot on just, you have to get away from the traditional basketball game mm-hmm. because if you're like, you know, we've seen videos for a Steve Curry's like anybody want to go in? No. All right, cool. You know, like there's nothing. It's just a waste of time. It's a waste of time for everybody. Like, you know, LeBron's done this 21 times. The pageantry is kind of gone at this point. You'd think, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody gives a shit. So I just think that they need to reimagine and lean more into the fact that it's supposed to be a, fan-centric, non-serious, fun event where it's like, hey, you're an all-star. You're one of the best in the league. It's it's the one of the few times of the year we get all of our best players in a room together, right? Mm-hmm. Let's lean into that and let's let them kind of, you know, do things in a, in a competitive, in an environment that you don't normally get to see them in a 3v3, in a 2v2, you know, where you're, you know, it's, you got Luca and you've got, you know, uh, Jokic well, together. Yeah, I was going to say, like, imagine, oh, the, okay, cool. The, them two versus like AD and Joel and Bede or something. It's like, yeah. oh, two for two, well, and up to the five. Thing, right? and... The NBA is all about making these all star, like, duos or trios, right? 
how how would you not just embrace that and go? You're gonna see every dream matchup you ever could want. You want we're gonna have Luca and Jokic together against LeBron and Embiid. We're gonna see Durant and Kawhi together against you know name a guy name like whatever mm. the case may be. You're gonna see Kyrie and LeBron reunited, right? Like you can pull whatever story you want to, but at the end of it, it's like oh okay, we're gonna see something a little bit different where. You can have some fun. It's still non-serious, but it's more about, hey, we're just going to showcase how awesome these players are rather mm -hmm. than, oh, let's play an actual game of 5v5 where everyone's walking down the court. Like, Jokic, I think, made the comment. He goes, the only person who takes this game less serious than I do is Luka. Mm -hmm. So, you know. And they're both like, yeah, I want to go home. I, I don't I don't care yeah. about that. I think, I think if you surveyed all of them, I think, like, 75% would be like, I'd rather just have the week off. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Like I don't actually want to do any of the like Luca yeah. would rather go to Slovenia for a week yeah. and then come back and play. I'm pretty sure LeBron sit. would like I'll I'll just sit. I'd like to sit yeah. down, please. I'd like to sit. <laughs> My feet hurt. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, hey, if you're year three or under, you have to play. Otherwise, you know, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Good. I'm yeah. sure you don't see more of that, quite frankly. A guy's going, Hey, I yeah. just you know, well, like we hit, hit that with the Pro Bowl, right? I was gonna hey, say we hit that with the Pro Bowl. Where I was like, we went 15 quarterbacks. I was like, the one quarterback who threw a touchdown. Yeah. Was like, he was like, I threw a touchdown this year. Can I play? Yeah. Like, that's how bad it got. Get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Um, speak, let's transition a little bit, though, right to the to the second part of the season here. Um, All-star break, right? It's one of the big milestones of the NBA season, right? We always talk about, obviously, the start. We talk about Christmas, and then we talk about the All-star break, right? And this is kind of wrapping up towards okay we're starting to culminate we got like 20 games left right this is the time or 30 games left um 30 yeah 30 ish right so we're gonna culminate now right home stretch where are we at so i'm gonna go we're gonna go through um the top 10 teams as it stands right now as of this recording as we kind of get prepped here out of the all-star break and i'm gonna give mike the contender or pretender context right so Mike's going to tell us whether or not this team is a contender or a mm -hmm. pretender. So for you, Brooklyn net, Toronto Raptors, Charlotte Hornet, Washington wizard, Detroit Piston, Utah jazz, Houston rocket, Memphis Grizzly, Portland trailblazer and San Antonio spur fans. I'm not talking about your team. So just accept that and move yeah. on. And now uh, here's, so we got to place the caveat. So is a yeah. contender like championship round or finals? Like where I, I would say final four teams. Final, Final four, okay. Where, like, if they get – because the way I look at it is if you get to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, at that point it's, okay, can you just – you got to win – you got to win four – you got to win eight games, right? Like, can you okay. – you know what I'm saying? That's kind of yeah. why I look at it. Okay. Um, Because I think I think the list differs from final – like, are you a finals team to, like, final four? I yeah. think there's a couple more. Yeah, and if you want to if you want to make a designation where, like, hey, look, I definitely think they can get to the conference finals, but I don't think they can beat – X team, right? Yeah. If this is the matchup, otherwise, like they would need a favorable matchup to get there. Let's put it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll let you. You're the guy. So, all right. What you want to start <laughs> the West or the East? Um. Well, the East will take less time. So whatever. Right, let's let's want. let's start with the let's start with the West then, and okay. then we'll kind of go from there. So number one or number ten on this list, as of right now with a 27 and 26 record, uh, the Golden State Warriors, led by your favorite player, Draymond Green. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no actually that's me yes. i can't stand him he's terrible 
Uh, 27 to 26. Contender or pretender, Mike Merkel? Two years removed from a champion. Uh, contender. Contender. All contender. right. Oh, no. Sorry. Pre- sorry. Pretender. I don't okay. know why I contender. No, oh, I was yeah, going to yeah. say, I was like, damn. I mean, they are no, he's... in their last 10. Yeah. No. Um, they don't, they don't have the, the defense or the depth of the team to, to make them. There are a lot Clay of teams still that. A basketball player there. What? Is Clay Thompson still a basketball player there? He does come off the bench now. I know. That's so. I mean, he came off the bench. Made a bunch the, of money for him. The, the other day, he came off the bench and had like thirty-five. But you other than like, that, Steve, see, see, he's like, start me, please. And then he starts to have like four points. But, <laughs> All right, so they're a pretender. Okay, pretender. Yeah. All right, number nine, your Los Angeles LeBrons, thirty and twenty-six at the break, seven three in their last ten on a three-game win streak. They are. 11 and 17 on the road, 20 and 17 in the conference. Contender or pretender, Mike? Trade deadline is gone. It was almost a warrior, not really. Uh uh-huh. They really wanted him more. Or the they really wanted like listen, we will give the you mayor Jonathan wanted him or something. Yeah, the governor. Yeah. The governor. governor. We yeah, will governor. give you Jonathan Kaminga and Steve Kerr's second left shoe for LeBron. Mm. They, they were really so, serious no. about it. And Draymond. We, you'll please take Draymond. No? <laughs> Uh, contender or pretender, Mike? Uh, with the biggest asterisks imaginable, contender. Okay, what's the asterisk? Uh, they Your need bias? like, <laughs> well, that, but um, they need like the best road possible because okay. there are a lot of teams that they like, like Denver, they don't match up well with. No, we uh, saw that last year, like Clippers and Suns. I don't think they can get through necessarily. That's tough. Um, but like if they open up, but they with, play the Warriors. <laughs> if they if they open up with like OKC, yeah, and then get like um, Minnesota, Minnesota. There's or, a couple. There's a couple teams on the like top Sacramento the somehow, where like a two three, you yeah. know, like a three six two seven or something, right. and the, the losers get like they need a very lucky way yeah. to get there. They need, the Memphis, they need that, that row that they had last year where you played Memphis, right? And then Golden State. Golden yeah. State, and you're like, okay, you've got the size, you've got the experience. Memphis is fake. We knew that going in. Golden State has no way to stop you offensively at all, like none, mm-hmm. unless Curry puts up a million. And then you wrote, you ran into, you know, Denver when they're like, we're just better than you. And yeah. Like, and that's, that's why, that's why I say contender because I yeah. think if there's a road like that, they yeah. can. Right. We know, just want to Right. But I would say most likely they're going to run through like a Denver and lose like a second round of first round. Okay. Uh, Sacramento Kings, number eight right now, 31 and 23 on the year, five and five in the last 10, uh, 20 and 15 in the conference so far. Contender or pretender for your Sacramento Kings? This one's a pretender. Okay. I don't see a lot of teams that they match up well with at the Oh God! In the no. first round. Yeah, I don't either. I really don't. Like they'll match up with the Timberwolves. They'll match up with the Denver or a, a Clippers or so. Like those are the top four. Um, those are all the teams. I'm like, I just don't think you could beat. And those are all the teams they would play in the first round. Base. So yeah. no, I think they're a pretender. All right, I'm pro- I think this is probably the hardest team to project this next. I know. Yeah. Uh, number seven, your fighting Dallas mm-hmm. Luka Doncic, uh, yeah, thirty-two like or twenty-three. Um. 
uh, what are they? Seven and three in their last 10. They've won their last six in a row coming out of the all-star break 2018 in the conference. Luca had a phenomenal December. If you want to check out those stats, you can go to Mike Merkel's Twitter page at Mike Merkel putting in. No, it's not even a December. It's from December. Oh, from December to now. Oh, like from the two and a half months. Oh, okay. He's been been putting up 40. They don't win if he doesn't. So let's just be, let's be. They're 0-7 when he doesn't have 40 since then. That's insane. Jason Kidd's like, I am killing it right now. Um, (laughs) But uh, they are 32 and 23, Mike Seven C currently. They are the last team in the play in scenario. Yeah. That's right now. Uh, they are, again, like non biased, but like asterisks yeah. and vendors. So I do think they can contend. Okay. They just, like, there's a couple teams where I go, I don't like, like Denver. I'm going to say Denver a lot, <laughs> but like Denver is. Yeah. They're I think so too much. They're so good, too much of a monster. Where if they had to face them in the first or second round, I go probably don't get through that. Yeah, um, I, I think the like, problem a little bit though is it is so heavy with one guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kyrie just exists now, right? Into some aspect, yeah. but we've also seen it though in years past where he has willed them to the Western Conference Finals. And so that's that's kind of my thing too, where like Luca last year or not last two years ago when they did that run. Average like 32, yeah. 10, and 9. Yeah. I'm like 50, I'm 50 something percent shooting. So I'm like, if you have that, Kyrie giving you 18. Yeah. Right. You know, just like being a second option, like continuously and just having decent role players, maybe. Right. So I, I don't want to, I can't, like, I can't say, oh yeah, they're a pretender. And then like they match up with like, the OKC Sacramento and that like, and then like, Oh, you're in the Western conference finals now, but right. like you're like, you, there's some powerhouse players in the West. So I'm not yeah. like if they play the Clippers having Russ Kawhi and Paul George switching on to Luca back, back, back. It's just like, they're going to hire the man out. You know, it's a hard ass. So For sure. I want to say contender, but like asterisks, yeah. not super confident. Right. All right, number six, the New Orleans Pelicans, 33 and 22 on the year. Winner of their last three. They are seven and three in their last 10, 23 and 18 in the conference. Contender or pretender? I'm going to be honest with you. If you would have asked me what team was not expected to be in this list, it's the New Orleans Pelicans. I yeah. Pelicans are a really good defensive team. Um, with Zion plays, especially, he's so efficient. It's like, 22 points on like eight shots. It's just like, how, how does the math on that work? It's crazy. <laughs> um, I'm going to say pretender because I think uh, they're going to need another year or so to really yeah. gel things together. Mm-hmm. They have a really good roster and they play really good defense. So, okay. Yeah. So I'll say pretender, right. but I mean, like right now, they would match up with um, who's the three? Den- Denver? Uh, Clippers are right. Clippers. Right. And I, I don't think they'd get through that matchup. Yeah, I think it's tough for where they're at right now. They would either have to get much higher. The problem with the West a little bit is when you play teams like Golden State and L.A., those are tricky teams to play, right, or or a Dallas because you go, man, they clearly have, like in the case of Sacramento, New Orleans, probably Oklahoma City and Minnesota, any of these teams in the lower seed, they probably have the top player, if not maybe potentially the top two players on the court at any time. And it's yeah. no longer about stringing together 15, 20 wins and out of 25. It's now about, we just got to beat you three, four times. We don't got to be perfect here. That's yeah. a hard ask for a team that's so team oriented, that is lacking big name 
takeover game stars, right? Which I think is going to be a trend here as we kind of notice as we go through the top of the West here. But let's yeah. start. Let's start. And, number- and it also gets hard when you look at the record to the West. Yeah. Um, right. A lot of these five through under teams aren't going to be making the top four because no, there's fair. like there's like a five game gap between yeah. four and five to yeah. where like a Dallas is like okay the highest we could probably get is like five or six. Mm-hmm. That means you're going to be playing the Clippers or Denver in the first round, which is going to be a really tough ask anyway. I think some of these teams too are kind of at the thought line of like, if you were like, you know, Memphis last year getting the two seed, like we got to get home court because that, that's going to be critical for us. But then you play a team like LA where they've got veteran after veteran after veteran. They're like, I don't care where we're going to go. We're going to beat you. It's just, you're yeah, just going to have to accept exactly. it. Um, so. We'll go number five, Phoenix Suns, 33 and 22 on the year. Um, on a two-game win streak as of right now, 19, 15, 19 and 15 in the conference. Uh, talk to me, Mike, uh, about the Phoenix Suns. Okay. They, along with one other team, are – there's a lot of caveats in the West. I know. Their their caveat is a health caveat. Yeah. Like, are you, are, are you going to tell me they're going to be healthy for the entire playoff run? Because if so, I say contender, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, think, I think they go eight or nine deep. And you have three stars on the team. I Complete think, alternate I think change from what we were talking about last year with mm-hmm. this exact same team, right? Crazy. Where, where it was like, where it was like Devin Booker, TD, and then, yeah, right. like I can name, I can name you four or five guys after those two or three guys. Right. So it's like, okay, you have a team now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say contender, but then like Devin Booker hurt his hip, or Brand or Bradley Beal's played like all games all year, and I go, if one of those guys aren't healthy. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, I don't shoot. know. I don't know if you're getting through the Clippers or, you know, the Nuggets or something without all those four pieces there. So I'm going to say contender, but there's a big injury if there. Yeah, for sure. Number four, the defending champion, Denver, uh, uh, not Luka Doncic. I'm sorry. Nicole Jokic's uh, 36 and 19. Um, they are five and five in the last 10 losers, a three straight. So clearly they suck now. Uh, mm-hmm. 20 and 13 though, in the conference, uh, talk to me about Denver contender or pretender. They are 100% contenders. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, without a doubt. They are, um, they're coasting through the regular season. Just yes. trying to get hurt. Yeah. They, they are, they have the best chemistry of anybody. Yeah. They have, they're starting five. Lose play, anybody. Like, yeah. They're starting five. has played the same yeah. almost all year long outside of like, I think five or six games. Mm-hmm. They're, they're incredible. The only thing that might come up is I know everyone laughs at like a Bruce Brown leaving. Oh, he was at, huge at for this. He was ginormous. It's going to be huge. I don't think they're as deep. Like no, they don't go eight or nine deep this year like they did oh. last year. But if they go seven, they have a pretty good seven. Yeah. So it depends Bruce on Brown how was they're there was their energizer bunny, right? Play good defense. Gave them more offensive production than I think they were expecting, especially in that Lakers series. I watched every game of that Lakers series, um, and he was he was pivotal for them. In, in stretches when Jamal Murray couldn't, you know, find his shot, he was making shots, right? Aaron Gordon was not effective offensively, right? So you needed somebody else to generate some points. Um, so he he's definitely a missing piece there. It's why they paid so much for him in Indiana just to then trade him because they went, Oh, wait, we are Bruce Brown. I forgot. Um, number three, the LA Clippers, 36 and 17 on the year coming out of the break. Uh, seven and three in the last 10 winners of one in a row. So they've almost got a win streak going on right now. Uh, 22 and 13 in the conference contenders or pretenders finally for the LA Clippers. Yeah. I'll same caveat, exact same caveat with the Phoenix Suns. Oh my God. Yeah. Pretenders, yeah. But if, Kawhi, if, if Kawhi gets hurt, not a contender anymore. Right. Okay. It's literally that easy. It's yeah. if he plays, does he not play? 
Right. All right, let's go to Oklahoma City Thunder. They're two, 37 and 17, 22 and 13 in the conference, six and four in their last 10. Winners are two in a row coming into the all-star break. Contender or pretender for the uh treasure trove that is the mm-hmm. Oklahoma City rain clouds. Okay, this is the one where I think is gonna be my hottest take of all of them. Oh boy. I think they're pretenders. All right. All right. Okay. I don't I don't see it this year. Yeah. I know Shea's awesome. Yeah. You know, number two in MVP voting. So, you know, he's he's awesome, apparently. Um their team <laughs> Uh, shade for no uh, reason. There was a lot of shade there for no reason. <laughs> um, but uh, their team is just so young. Like they haven't, they haven't gone through the grind of the postseason yet. Yeah. Um, like someone like Luca has scored more points than their entire team combined in, in a playoffs right. by himself, and Luca's only been in the playoffs like three times, so that says something. Yeah. Um, I just think they're a little too young, and I think if they match up with a Dallas or a Lakers or a Warriors. I just think the experience factor. Yeah, exactly. Kind of understanding the magnitude and understanding how to take a run on the chin and then go, okay, we'll answer now. Right. Yeah. Like, do you have the firepower to go? All right. Curry's going to go into a zone here and he's going to hit four threes in a row. Can we match that offensive efficiency? Can we afford, can we guard Anthony Davis full health? Can we stop LeBron James? Right. Mm-hmm. Can we do that? Can we, Force someone else to beat us other than Luca, right? Like, there's so many thoughts there. Yeah. Um, I think I just think it might be a year too soon. Now they're gonna they're gonna be a problem though because this is what they're doing with this roster. Imagine what they're gonna do when they start trading away some of these picks and getting assets back. Exactly. You know, I see Paul when, George when, going right back to OKC. Paul George, if they get like a Jimmy Butler type player yeah. in there to be that kind of like experienced um, star next to SGA, like they can be really good in a year, two years, or whatever. Like this year, with the team they have, I just think they're a little too young. So I, I say pretender. Um, All right. Last team on this list, the number one seed in the Western Conference coming out of the All Star break, the Minnesota Timberwolves, 39 and 16 on the year, 27 and 8 in the conference. Hot damn. Uh, seven and three in their last 10, winners of four straight, 19 and five at home, by the way, Mike. Um, Pretender or contender for the fighting Rudy Gobert's? Definitely contenders. Okay. Um, okay. They're really good. And yeah. I think, unlike OKC, having that five game series against the Nuggets last year Help. really kind of helped out being like giving Anthony Edwards that experience and Cat and all those guys, like, hey, this is kind of what you're going to be expecting when you're going to be a number one seed like they are. And like you're going to be hosting the playoffs all the way through until the finals or whatnot. Like, I think. Anthony Edwards, Cat, and how deep they can be, I do think they can be a problem to, you know, if you're looking up at the Nuggets as the best team in the West, I think they can match up pretty well with them. Yeah, so for sure. they got the I think I, I don't think there's a team where I go, ah, Minnesota's definitely not winning that. Like they're 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 at least in every series, if not winning every series. So yeah. I think they're contenders. Yeah, they're serious. All right. Uh let's go to the East now. All right. This is a, I'm guessing we're going to fly through some of these teams. Um, starting at number 10, we have the Atlanta Hawks, 24 and 31 on the year. That's right. They are seven games under 500. Uh, they are 14 and 23 in conference play. They are six and four in the last 10. Loses a two of back to back going into the break. Contender or pretender, Mike? Pretender. All right. 
Yeah, I kind of they, they could they could have a really fun like pushing a team to five or six games in the first round. Yeah, type thing if they make it, but forget. Yeah. All right. Uh, number nine, the Chicago Bulls, 26 and 29 on the year, 15 and 19 in conference play. Wow. Um, and five and five in the last 10 losers of their last one before the all-star break contender or pretender for the missing Lonzo balls. <laughs> uh, pretenders, but if they do make it. DeMar DeRozan will have like a 150 point game. Yeah. Maybe win that game. I really wish the Pistons would have figured out a way to trade for DeMar. I think he's had kind of a revitalization since leaving San Antonio. He's been really yeah. good for Chicago. If Lonzo Ball was healthy, I feel like this team would be a lot better. But and Zach Levine, like if all three yeah, of them exactly. could just be like together, I think yeah, it'd be really right. good. But yeah, they had a bit of a resurgence there when they were playing together for that small amount of time. And I was like, oh, Chicago might be back. And then everything fell apart. And I went, well, yeah. we tried. Uh, number eight, the Orlando Magic, 30 and 25 on the year, 20 and 14 in conference, seven and three in their last 10, winners of the last one before they went to the break. Orlando Magic, Mike, home of all the pists are all the former Michigan players at some point in their lives. Uh, contender or pretender in the East? Uh, pretender, yeah. but uh, well, I see pretender because I think they're just like a lesser version of OKC. Yeah. Where like they don't have the experience and they're like a worse basketball team, so they're gonna go up against like Sixers or right. a just, Boston just, yeah. or something, and they're just they're just gonna be outmatched, like outwork, outmatched in the playoff settings. Yeah, for sure. They don't have that number one guy yet. Yeah, uh, Ben Carroll might turn into that yeah. at one point, right. but not yet. Right, one hundred percent. All right, number seven, um, the Miami Heat, thirty and twenty five mm-hmm. on the year, twenty two and sixteen in conference. Uh, six and four in their last 10 winners of back-to-back uh, coming into the break. Talk to me about the Miami Heat, Mike. Contenders or pretenders? I mean, it, this one's kind of – you feel like if you say whatever, it's going to be the opposite with this team. So, <laughs> uh-huh. um, You know, if if you watched basketball last year – Can't write them out. Can't write them out. I'll no. take a contender. Yeah, they're going to – listen. Especially uh, when our rule is Eastern – If our rule is Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. I think they could get through – Oh yeah, um, Milwaukee, a Philly, New York, um, Knicks. New York Knicks. Yeah. They match up pretty well with all those. Eric Spoelstra being the best coach by a mile on all of those teams. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's like having true. having having Michael Jordan's son out there. There you go. There you go. I mean, exactly. I mean it's something. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think they're uh, definitely at least contenders for Eastern Conference Final. Yeah. If you said sure. finals, I'd say Ugh. I don't know if they can run that magic back, but yeah, um, Eastern Conference sure. Number six, getting out of the play-in now, the Indiana Pacers, home of the fighting Rick Carlisle's 31 and 25 on the year, 24 and 14 in conference, uh, five and five in their last 10. Mike, the Indiana Pacers making that big deal for uh, Buddy Heald. Um, talk to me a little bit about the Indiana Pacers and Tyrese all right. and all them. This is, this is where the East gets really hard Okay, is six through like two. Is I see all these teams basically That's getting right. to around the Eastern Conference Finals area, mm-hmm. but I don't know if any of them are good enough to actually like get over the top. Like I think I think the Pacers, depending on who they play, might actually be favored in the first round because right. they're like they're pretty awesome. If not, just be like if if they match up with Philly or New York or whatever, who would be the three? Who's the three? Uh, Milwaukee's the three right now. Milwaukee, okay. Pacers, Milwaukee in a series. Who would you take? Um, yeah, right. Oh, uh, it's, yeah, it's is it the second round or the first round? It will be the first round, right? Uh, 
Uh, probably yeah. Milwaukee. Second round. It'll be Milwaukee, but would you, would you say would you say it's like almost a guaranteed six or seven? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. For so sure. like at any point, if it goes seven, anything can happen. Like Pacers mm-hmm. are a tough one because they're so Albert is so good. I, I also Turner's go here. back to coaching. Rick Carlisle has been a very good basketball coach for a very very long time. I, I know he's underappreciated here for Pistons fans, but Rick Carlisle turned this team around. Rick mm-hmm. Carlisle has had success. Literally everywhere. This is his second stint in Indiana. He won a championship in Dallas. Um, he, he's a very good basketball coach. Yeah, I will say contender for Eastern Conference Final. I would love to see it. I would love to see um, Indiana make that run. Fuck yeah, man! Give me some yeah. blood in there. Um, finals. That's a tough harder one. harder sell because Not I think bad. they're a little. I think that the OPC light of like they're just a little young and haven't been there. Yeah. But we'll see. Having I will say a coach though, like Carlisle, I think helps. That. And I know we all just kind of made fun of the in-season tournament, but they have experience in like a big game oh, yeah, playing sure. the Lakers type setting where yeah. like they kind of know what to expect when going into a playoff setting. So exactly. A thousand percent. All right. Number five, Philadelphia 76ers, 32 and 22 on the year. Um, in their conference, they're 21 and 14. They are three and seven in their last 10. Um Talk to me about the Philadelphia 76ers, Mike. It feels like it all revolves around one guy. Yeah, the problem is that one guy is going to be out for the next month or so. Yeah, I, uh, I So their seating been... looks a lot worse. I think they're probably contenders. I mean, pretenders um, in the sense of I've never seen Joel Embiid make it to the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, it's not his so I, I need to see it before I can like confidently it, yeah. say it. It's hard. It's hard. The injury history and everything else. It's just it's just not there for me right now. Yeah. Uh, I, think I do I, like Nick Nurse over oh, they, anybody, Doc, yeah. Doc Rivers last year or whoever they had last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doc but, Rivers. Yeah. All right. Number four, the New York Knickerbockers, 33 and 22 on the year, uh 21 and 14 in conference. Uh five and five in the last 10, but losers of four straight. Um yeah. But the fighting Jalen Brunson's man. This team, um, I think, could be a contender. Yeah, they might run into a Boston Celtic problem. Yeah, if they stay around this area, because the four or five would obviously play the one or the eights in the later round. They really need Milwaukee to to tank it. Yeah, they need Milwaukee to start falling apart, and then if they get to the two or three, I could definitely see them, you know, beating a a Cleveland and then a Indiana Pacer or something to get to an Easter conference final to say, yes, they can be a contender. Yeah. But uh, if they're saying in that four or five, I think the problem with the four or five is whoever runs into Boston in that round yeah. might be uh yeah, toast. I'd be jabbing it short. So yeah, I, 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 I would like, say I, contender because they're good, but I like New York. New York's done a really nice job. You know, Thibodeau has gotten a lot of flack as a head coach, but he's had success in Chicago. He had some success in Minnesota. I know he kind of got the raw end of the deal there, but I think he's done a nice job. I think Jalen Brunson was a huge signing for them. I think Dallas looks stupid for letting him go. Um, But more importantly, I think, you know, they got a couple shooters from Detroit, right? And Burks and Bogdanovich. But also you're seeing guys like they just look like a competent basketball team again. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so huge. They're playing really good ball and they've got a leader, you know, Brunson's they, they would, the identity of that team. Yeah. And Brunson made that run with Mavs to the yeah. uh, Western conference finals, Julian yeah. Randall's been in the playoffs. So they have yeah, but took that whole team with Derek Rose before, like there's experience there. I think they have the right head coach. They just need to, and they, I think they've done a really nice job of trying to not nick themselves out of things, right? They've, they've yeah. held back. They haven't spent a bunch of money on stupid free agents. You know, you got Julius Randall. You've got pieces. 
You've mm-hmm. got pieces. I think you're a competent basketball team, and I think they have a shot. Second, second round conference finals for sure. Uh, number three, the Milwaukee Bucks, 35 and 21 on the year. Uh, just fired their head coach. Shocker. I know. Conference are 25 and 13. Uh, in their last 10, they're three and seven with uh, two losses back to back. Oh boy. What you got, Mike? Mm. Can I can I go first on this one? You can go first. Okay. Every other every fiber of my being says they're a contender because Giannis is the second best player in basketball, right? But Doc Rivers is awful. Doc Rivers is so freaking terrible. I think Giannis is not long for this world. And I think this this decision right here, I think is going to wind up blowing up in their face and he's going to leave. I really do because you're wasting a generational talents prime years. And yes, they got the championship. So it's not like, well, we didn't accomplish anything. Right. But at the same time, if I'm Giannis, you are the Milwaukee bucks. were like, we've held it together just enough to get this guy where we need him to. And now we're Milwaukee bucking it. That's, that's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're pretenders because I don't think I think if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think they get killed. I don't think they even get that far, though. I really don't. I think they have a meltdown in round. I, I could honestly see them as that team that gets up upset in the first round and everybody goes, well, shit. Now what do we do? Mm-hmm. I could totally see it with this team. Yeah. You know what worries me almost as equally as um, Doc Rivers coaching the team? Yeah. When I hear a comment from Giannis during All-Star Weekend going, yeah, I know you guys want to say it's my team, but I kind of follow the lead of Damian Lillard. Yeah, that's not good. And I kind of sit there and I go, that's fine, but you're the second best player in basketball. It's that's like that's like if LeBron openly came out and was like, I, I just follow under Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Right? Like, like, no, like, you would never say it, even right. if, you know, that maybe that first year he was. Right. Don't say it. Yeah. And so the fact that he says it, I just don't think he has that I don't think he wants it. I think when he won the title, it was more of a sense of relief. Like, that's how I feel Joel Embiid's going to be. It's not going to be a sense of yes. It's going to be like, oh, thank God. All right, cool. Yeah. Get off my ass now. And I think, yeah, and I think I think everyone wants, like, he wants Damian Lillard to get a ring because they're really close friends and everything. So I think it's like, we're going to let Dame do, like, we're going to go in Dame steps. Yeah, we're going to play the way Dame wants to play. But that's yeah. not winning basketball in the playoffs. We've seen no, it. it's not. And I think that's where the problem's going to lie, even maybe more than Doc Rivers, is blowing the ball through Damian Lillard too much. Even though Damian Lillard is a good player, yeah. Giannis is the best player right. on the team. So inside, I'm going to say... They need to work inside out. Yeah, so the thing is, if they stay in that 3-2-3 three, three zone, yeah. contender for Eastern Conference Final, yeah. sure, you know, if if they play the Pacers and then Cleveland in the next round, could I see them beating both? Yeah, sure. Right. Are you getting through Boston? I don't think it. I don't think they're. I don't think they're there. So right. I would say I'll, I'll say I'll say contender, but yeah, it's a hard confident game. contender. Uh, number two, the Cleveland Cavaliers, thirty six and seventeen on the year, uh, twenty four and eleven in conference, nine and one in their last ten. Talk to me about Cleveland. Uh I'm gonna say pretender. Isn't that hard to do that when they're the two seed? You're just like, God, I just you just don't feel it's, like they they I just feel like they're such a regular season team. I have not watched a ton of basketball this year, but I've seen them play and I just go, I just don't think this is gonna work in the playoffs. I, I here's, <laughs> here's where my worry comes in. Yeah. 
And tell me if I'm inaccurate on this, but okay. I think I'm pretty spot on. Um, <laughs> yeah. you remind me, who's who's the seventh seed? Uh, right now the Miami Heat. Yeah. So they match up with Miami. Like, yeah. who would you who would you feel confident? Oh, I'll take Miami, one hundred percent. And that's kind of my point is if they escape Miami through the play in as a two seed, I sure maybe right. But even then, it's like okay, you beat um. Chicago or something, whoever, in the first round, it's like okay, now you're gonna go play the Bucks. You're gonna play Giannis and them. I go, yeah. I just don't know if you're. They don't have the ma- they don't have the manpower match yeah, up and the man. Exactly, I just don't think they're ready yet. So I'm gonna say pretender because their superstars mm-hmm. are the second best player on a lot of these other teams. Yes. that's part of the problem, right? Yeah, and that's, yeah. I mean, like, and Donovan I, Mitchell's I, awesome. Yeah, he is. He's great. But if he's on the box, he's he's second best, maybe even third. If you're third. Second, you still think Dame's better. If, he, if he's on Boston, he's definitely second. If he's on Miami, you know, you're like Sixers, oh, Miami. The Butler's team still. Yeah. Eh, you know, yeah, it's tough. Uh, last team going over here, the Boston Celtics, number one seed, 43 and 12. Have a have a year. Um, they are 30 and six in conference. My goodness. 13 and one in division, by the way. Um, eight and two in their last 10. Winners of six in a row. Uh, l- largest winning streak in the in the East as of right now, um, coming out of the break. Boston Celtics, but got to be a contender, right? Absolutely a contender. Yeah, they're the they're favorite the team in your mind, right? Yes, yes, they're the deepest team. They have they play the best defense. They any guy on the offense can shoot relatively, even a Chris Porzingis or Drew Holiday, whoever you think he's the been, worst offense player. Awesome for them, by the way, he has awesome. has has a revitalization where he's like, I can just go play. This is yeah. awesome. Well, it's like it's, it's the reverse of how Dallas tried to use him. Was like Dallas, like, hey, you're seven feet, go sit in the paint. The Celtics are like, hey, go sit out in the corner over there, yeah. and then Tatum's going to drive team. on Jimmy Butler every single play until you know you you change up your defense. Right. Um, so yeah, I they, they have to be the favorites. They they're going to get tough out for anybody. Um. Yeah, let me, let me ask you this as we kind of wrap up this segment uh, before we go to uh, your, the mock draft is 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 Jason Tatum under these like in terms of a single like high prolific player at this point? Is he the number one guy right now where you're looking at and going, you've got to win it? Like, is he under the most pressure to get it done? And I, I hate doing this because it's so first bite. To, you know, first take bullshit, right? That Stephen A. Smith and those guys do. But I do think that in the NBA, especially, right? We do this with quarterbacks, we do this with NBA guys. Giannis got his done, right? You you've seen, you know, um, you know, Jokic, he got it done last year. It feels like Tatum is kind of in that realm right now where it's like you're the best player on probably the deepest team in basketball. If you don't get it done, is that a is it going to backfire on you a little bit now where it's like, now you can't win? Is he mm-hmm. under the most pressure? And if it's not him, who is it? Okay, so there's one guy I think that's clearly more than Tatum. Okay. And then I think there's one person where, because of their legacy ranking, I think needs to maybe do it. Okay. The one guy I think is clearly higher is Joel. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Because, because I, I brought the stat up last year. Yeah. He's the only MVP who never make it to the conference final of their side. Right. Like you ha- they have to get over that stigma because yeah. he's an MVP. Now. Basically, they've never won an MVP. So he's just on a really good team and he's like the best player on that team. Right. Um he did have the really bad finals performance, but you know, he's never been like mm-hmm. in an MVP talks. Joel Embiid has an MVP and has never even sniffed that area. 
outside of like the game seven fly Leonard shot, which was like his closest being in an Easter conference finals, not even a finals itself. I think Joel Embiid is definitely. Okay. And I think for legacy standpoints, I think KD should probably be high. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think he's kind of gotten forgotten about a little bit. He has, but I think I think you're like right. in a year or two, if like for some reason at the end of this year he retires and doesn't win, everyone's gonna go, Yeah, you have two championships. With Steph, but they were like with Steph, Steph and team. on Steph team and it was Steph team. Yeah. And yeah. there were seventy three wins and all it's like you and then you left to Brooklyn, didn't get done there, then went to Phoenix and didn't like Phoenix got to the finals without you. Yeah. And then yeah, he went and he did it without you. And you you went the one time before him. Yeah. But now your your career resume is you're two and one in the finals and one regular season MVP. It's just like I feel like you should have more. Yeah, right. As 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 so, as talented as a player. Yeah, I think he's kind of gotten buried because all of the the craziness, you know, with how they tried to form that team in Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. It's now kind of subsided. He's in Phoenix. You've got I still think it's Devin Booker's team. Um, so I, I think in some in some weird way, it's almost I know he's Durant is clearly the best player in Phoenix, but I don't necessarily know if it's his basketball team. Yeah. Does that make sense? And no, I think that's part of it. Joel Embiid is the Philadelphia 76ers in my right. So it's like I think you're spot on with that. I feel like Durant's almost getting a pass because I think that's why he wanted to go to Phoenix. Is mm-hmm. because yeah, I can be quote unquote the best player on the court. But I'm deferring still to, to, to Booker, right? And he's yeah. gonna get the ball and I'm just gonna do my thing, right? It's all it's in that weird dynamic where it's like yeah. it was Steph's team. I still think it's Devin Booker's team, but Durant's the best player. And that's I think the difference between when people try to go in that conversation of like Durant or LeBron or some of that stuff. I go, yeah, but LeBron, everywhere he's gone, even you know, somewhere. Yeah, well, he's one, number one, but also it's like, hey. We're going to go as LeBron goes. Even the Miami years, yeah, you take out that first year where it was probably Wade's team. LeBron had to step up or they don't win those championships, those back-to-back seasons. It just doesn't happen. So he he wound up taking over that mantle, and Wade was like, listen, I'm kind of on the downswing, right? You're kind of still on the uptick at this point. Let's let you take over, right? And mm-hmm. this is going to be come your basketball team. Durant has never done that. Steph was like, listen, I'll share the ball with you. Sure, go crazy. If that that leads to more one-on-ones for you, awesome. But has Durant ever put a team on his back and went, nope, we're going to win? The answer is no. Exactly. And so that's why I think he – like doesn't need one, but like he needs that. He needs that playoff run, Rigo. He, he's the best player in the he, world at this moment. He needs the Kawhi Leonard Raptors ring. Yeah, and then he'd be good. Which is why I didn't say Kawhi Leonard. I said KD because Kawhi Leonard. I feel like could retire tomorrow, and yeah. it's like okay, he has the Spur ring, mm-hmm. and then he has the the Toronto one where he carried the team on his back and put him there. Like I think that collectively is good enough for him. Having two rings when you were just. Attack. If LeBron only had the two Miami ones, I think it'd be a lot less to look on. But because oh, he has the three-one comeback one and everything, it's like okay, now you have well, that was his. You, like you, were, that was those his. are his teams. Yeah. The Lakers was like his team. Right. So I think uh, I agree with you, hundred percent. No, I think so. I think KD's kind of in that. Probably should. I think I think Luca too. In like a year or two, I think Luca's time. I think it's coming. Really starts next year. Depending yeah. on how this playoff run, if he makes it to the finals this year, you go, okay, it kind of, you know, the expectations yeah. get risen because you've met them. But in terms of like, if he goes out in the second round this year, 
I think that clock starts to tick immediately. Yeah. And an and, uh, interesting set. I know we're not going to talk MVP stuff. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I know that's not a thing. But I, I did look, and I think it's really fascinating. So, um, Jokic's, Giannis's, yeah. and um, KD's, all their first MVPs came in year six. Yeah. And then they went to the finals either like that year or like a year subsequent to that, really? which is also why I'm putting it on the Luca thing of Luca's in year six right now. So not necessarily that he should win MVP, which I think he should, but I do think that clock of like, okay, you're six. MVP, like, you're I know, I know he's only 24, but like, it's like, Hey, you're in that conversation. I think he needs to kick it. Out. I think the pressure will start mounting. I can't believe he's only 24. That's disgusting. It makes me feel so bad. Just turned 24 yeah. or he turned 25 this week or something it's crazy absolutely yeah. crazy. um yeah that was great though mike for sure we'll, we'll kind of do an update as we kind of get a little bit closer we'll do those predictions for the play-in and all that good stuff uh looking forward to determining a nba champion can't wait for i can't wait for playoff basketball regular season basketball i can't do playoff basketball though that makes me a lot mm-hmm. more excited so looking forward to yeah. that for sure all right mike let's get to it the first edition uh, we'll have sound effects next week because we're doing this through Zoom, so you guys won't see the sound effects anyway. But a yearly tradition on the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I want to say, Mike, this is the first segment that has stuck every year that we've been doing mm-hmm. this show. The Merck Zone Mock Draft Corner. Mike pulls up a mock draft. We go over every single week a new one um, as we get updates through free agency and trade season and all that good stuff up until the week of the draft. Um, where we go one through 32. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Um, Favorite part of the year, but Mike does a great job of finding a new mock every single week. So who's this mock from, Mike? The first one of 2024. All right, so I'm on CBS Sports. All right, beautiful. Here's the fun thing is, so I have four first-round mock drafts up here. Jesus. Um, By four different guys. Oh, boy. All of them are updated either on the 20th or later. So okay. that's even right. in the last two, three days. Right, right before the combine. Combine starting, I think, next week, actually. So so I will let you choose. I will give you the first names of all these people, and those that's one we'll do. Okay. All right. So we got all right, here we go. So we got Ryan Wilson. Okay. Chris Trapasso. I don't want Pete Prisco if he's on this list. He's not. Okay. Thank God. He's terrible. Josh Edwards or Tom Fernelli. I don't know any of those people so um, i know that's why i, I think you i'm gonna say so i'm gonna say tom Fernelli because he sounds funny all right so the tom Fernelli mock draft first round only yep yeah we'll all get right. we'll go more rounds as the kind of as free agency passes and stuff because then you'll start to get after the combine and you'll start to get exposure to more players and stuff but right now if we start going second third fourth round everyone's gonna be like who the hell are you guys talking about so yeah okay so you want to try to Pick yeah, some of these, or do you want yeah. me to just say them all? Uh, I think for this first one, let's just kind of go through on what Tom's got, and then we'll kind of get a, a baseline. You know what I mean? You okay. know, we know we know there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks, right? Let's just hit on some of the sexy picks, and then we'll after the top ten, we'll just if there's anything noteworthy before we get to the Lions. All right. So in the top ten, yep. this one also has one mock trade. Okay. And it's just so we are all clear. So pick number one. Bears keep their pick and they pick Caleb Williams, yep. which is actually the same in all four. So that's just a consensus number one, right? Now. Yeah. Until somebody does anything, until something happens, I can't imagine that anyone's going to move off of that until the day of. 
Mm-hmm. When they take Drake May and everybody goes, what? No. <laughs> Number two, the Washington Commanders take Drake May, oh. North Carolina quarterback. All right. yeah. Who would you take right now, Drake May or Jaden Daniels, if you had the second pick? Um, or JJ McCarthy. If I was Washington specifically, yeah. I'd take Drake May. I think yeah, I would take Drake May too. But I think there are some teams that would prefer like athleticism. But I, I think, think Washington is the best one out of all of them. Yeah, I think it is a good chance. I, I think he's just a prototypical NFL quarterback. And I, I think, think if I think if you wanted to like guarantee someone's at least like really good i think it's Drake may but maybe he doesn't have the high ceiling of everybody but i think he's like gonna be like solid no matter what i think yeah for sure all right number three the patriots they do not go quarterback really instead they go marvin harrison jr and the kid's career is over all right that was fun that's tough yeah you just you just hate to see it if you're <laughs> sorry about you. Yeah, I imagine the Patriots would have gotten I don't get like I don't have like descriptors in here, I don't think. Um yeah, they had to unless okay, you tell me, okay, we signed Kirk Cousins. Okay, now that makes exa- sense. Exactly. Like I imagine they'd probably go quarterback, but I, I don't have that out. They need a quarterback. That need they need they need a quarterback at some point. Yeah. Uh number four, the Arizona Cardinals will Our take <laughs> they are so angry. And they take Oli Fachanu, the Penn State offensive tackle. Okay. At four. Okay. To help Joel Joel protect. Yep. And then number five, Rob, spoiler alert, <laughs> Chargers pick Joe Alt, Notre Dame offensive tackle. I'm, so I'm willing to bet if there is a pick outside of number one, probably being Caleb Williams by Chicago, it is the Chargers taking an offensive lineman. Yeah, one of those I, two guys I, are for I'm sure going there. Only, I'm writing it right now. If any mock draft has them not to, outside of draft trading out of that pick, there's no way Harbaugh in his first draft is going to go. How let's let's make sure we reinvest in Justin Herbert and protect the franchise, and we need to get him some protection. Yeah, you have Rashawn Slater on one side, whoever you draft on the other side. Exactly. Like, come on, fine. Number six, the Giants do not go quarterback, which I f- would be very interesting. Can take a wide receiver, aren't they? Yeah, they take Malik Neighbors, LSU wide receiver. Yeah, I, I don't know how anyone's going to get him the ball. They don't throw deep, but sure. Yep. And number seven is where the first trade is where I would say the first the trade comes in. So, um, Denver Broncos jump up to to Tennessee spot. Okay, and they take quarterback JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy. <laughs> Honestly, though. It's not the worst idea for Denver. Sean Payton's a quarterback guru guy, right? They, they're they still going to want to run the ball. They have some decent weapons over there. I can see it. They need a new quarterback. I, I'm interested to know if you have any thoughts on where Russell Wilson's going to go. Man, I have no idea. Because uh, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard Steelers. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard Steelers. The other time. Atlanta, uh, Atlanta yeah. Who else have I heard? Uh, there's another team too, but like, there's a lot of like spit. Like, does Pittsburgh really want to bring that drama? I can't imagine so, but maybe they do. I've I've heard the Raiders potentially as a team, you know, because they need somebody. Maybe I don't know. It's yeah, it's interesting. Sure. just out of the league. How crazy would that be? Everyone's just like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with it. He's kind of a douche. I'm over it. <laughs> uh, number eight, Atlanta Falcons. Now this one, so they get falling too much. What? They got Fields. No. Oh, they're, they're saying they're, they're taking Jaden Daniels. Oh, okay. Which I think would be pretty awesome. 
Yeah, they'd be thrilled. They'd be thrilled. Uh, number nine, uh, Chicago taking Roma Dunzi, the wide receiver out of Washington, yeah, to help with Caleb. Yeah, that doesn't shock me. And then number 10, the Jets take Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia. Sure. Why not? Because that's what they need is another freaking weapon for Rodgers. We don't want to protect Rodgers. No, no, no. I don't want to do that. Um, so I'll throw out some other ones that I Any names like, that can stick out to you. Yeah. So Alabama, edge rusher. Yep. Dallas Turner goes 11 to the Minnesota Vikings. That's really unfortunate. Yeah. I heard you. I, I just know of him. I think he's like the best one in the class right now. Yeah. Uh, There's another uh, edge too. Uh, Treese or something like that, I think his last name is, that everyone's really high on. Uh, So the Rams at 19 take this Jared Verts for oh, the state that's edge rusher. That's yeah, okay. Okay. Um, number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers, funny enough, take corner Kool-Aid McKinstry. That's unfortunate. So that's funny. Uh, I just feel like they take corner every year in the first round. Just well, last year, they I, did they even have a first round pick last year? Um, no, who did what, what year did they take Joey Porter? Was that last that was year? Last year, but that was that was pick 32, but technically in the first round, mm, in, the second, okay. in the second round. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't remember who they took in the first. Because that was the Chicago pick, mm-hmm. uh, the Chase Claypool. Um, anyway, continue. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's about all the big-name guys before the Lions pick. So the Lions come up. They run to the bowl. I don't know if they'd actually run before. <laughs> um, and they, Let me and guess. They, the, can I guess the position? Sure. Corner. Yes. All right, cool. I'm going to say it's the corner out of Missouri. What's his name? Well, not him. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about Enos Rackstraw Jr.? I think so, yeah. Out of Missouri. He goes 32 to the Niners, just so you're aware. Yeah. Um, nope, we take corner out of Iowa. Oh, okay. Cooper Deshaun. Or yeah, he, he he seems like a guy that, you know, he feels like a Dan Campbell guy, right? Um, I don't necessarily know how much I would – I don't know how I'd feel about it, you know? I, the Lions are in a really interesting spot. We're going to talk about this a lot as we kind of – you know, this is our first first one of the year. But I honestly have no freaking clue what they're going to do. I have none be, because they have they have quite a few holes, right? they got to address the offensive line. Like, I could see them taking – an offensive lineman at this spot. I could see them taking a wide receiver at this spot. I could see them taking an edge rusher. I can see them taking a corner. I could see them trading up. I could see them trading out of the first round altogether, right? The draft is in Detroit this year. I don't know if that has any impact on it or not, but it's just something to be noteworthy of, right? There's just so many variables that they could take, right? Because they need, they're going to need offensive line help, right? Mm-hmm. Tackle is going to be a need relatively soon. Interior offensive line is is a is a need. Um, corner, obviously. Uh, pass rusher, obviously. Safety, wide receiver. There's spots that they need help in, right? Here's the two spots they don't need help in. Running back and linebacker. Those are the only two spots they don't need right now. And quarterback, I guess. Um, it's as, mu- as good as this roster is, and it is a very good roster, and Brad Holmes has really killed it. I, I'm going to tell Lions fans now, if you're expecting them to walk out with four picks in this first four in the first three rounds, because they have four picks in the top 100, right? The two thirds, the second and first expecting the same haul they got this year out of their draft class. You're going to be really disappointed. 
because mm. you're not picking in the top half anymore. Yeah. No. Not, yeah. You're not. You're not picking. You're picking 29. twelve and fifteen or whatever yeah. it was. Twelve yeah. eighteen or whatever. Yeah. You're picking. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not the near- the slight comments they do as is you you got like the same before at like thirty three or whatever it was so you can find the talent there but you're not getting three guys in the top twenty anymore but again it's- you you because you traded out at six to twelve right so you were able to get Arizona's second round pick which was high up in that round right so like yeah. you were able to kind of fall back into that you were able to trade up with assets recovered from that to go get Brian Branch you don't have as many assets this year. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded out of the first round altogether just because I feel like they're going to have a cluster of players and they go, yeah, we can trade down a little bit, right? Get a couple extra picks, and then we, we have some ammunition to move up for a guy that we really love. I could I could easily see that happening, right? So it's going to be interesting for sure. I can't wait for free agency, though. That's going to answer a lot of questions, hopefully, about at least where their glaring holes are. It's not going to mm-hmm. clear the picture at all for the draft, but at least I think that will start to narrow down a little bit uh, kind of where we're at. It's weird. The Lions aren't picking in the top 10 where you're like, oh, what premier you know player they're going to get? It's more like what player are you going to get that hopefully is a yeah starter, but could be a death piece. Like if they sign a corner in free agency, like a Legereus Sneed or a Jalen Johnson, Cam Sutton's going to start. He's making $11 million a year. He ain't get, So they could draft this kid 29th overall, and he may not play, right? He's going to be a depth guy who's going to have to earn reps. That's okay if that's the if that's the plan, right? It the only problem is if he's not playing and you got you know Jerry Jacobs suck ass out there, then we got a problem. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's the first edition. We'll we'll get more into depth uh, as we go, but really excited for the draft. It's going to be in Detroit. Can't wait to go down to the city. Um, it'll be a lot of fun for sure. So looking yep. forward to that. Great job yep. as always, Mike. Yep. Um, One of us will be down there. Yeah. Um. Let's get to it, though. AEW Revolution on tap just a week away, Mike. Um, we're on the build. Uh, Sting had a phenomenal promo this week for his last match, talking about the Bucks, um, <laughs> all that good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The weird six-man tag match that we had for some weird reason to main event Dynamite was weird. I didn't it understand it at all, but it was fine. I'm like, is Rob going to have a bad guy? I don't know. What is he? Um, they just put people together. You said six guys out there that had no reason to – like Samoa Joe and Swerve are a tag team with Brian Cage, so are they bad guys? But then Hook's a good guy, but Hangman's kind of a bad guy. This makes mm-hmm. – no, it felt like a WWE 2K tag match where you're just like, yes, ah, put six guys together. Mm-hmm. But we are here, Mike. Revolution. The road is no longer here. We're here. Yeah, we got we got about a week. Yep. Um, it'll be fun. It's a good card. It's gonna be the best wrestling show that they're gonna have in a while. Yeah, that that is that is true. That's true. Kind of yeah. At least like the last couple times, I had to talk myself into like this is gonna be a good card. Yeah. It's like the cards on people weren't awesome, but the matches ended up being really good. I look at this card and I go, oh, that's going to be like really good just from looking at it, which is always fun. Um, so we'll start with non-title matches because obviously those are not as important as the title matches, Rob, right? 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 I would think. I don't know. Right. Uh, so the first one, we have a we have a Meat Madness match. Oh, boy. Meat Madness. Like March Madness. As if, as if wrestling couldn't be more homosexual than it already is at times. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, listening to Excalibur say Meat Madness over and over was really funny. But we have Meat Madness. So we have Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. We have Wardlow and two mystery people. 
in Meat Madness. Now, I don't know what the rules are, and Wardlow I don't know... Wins. Yes. Wardlow wins. I'm, but I just gotta keep talking about it. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know if they're gonna slap meats or... Hero's gonna come out. He's gonna slap his own chest. Who's another big guy they can throw out there? Lee... Oh, Brian Cage. Brian Cage. Brian Cage. Another yeah. useless guy that they continue to try to push down our throats that no one cares about. Um, Wardlow wins. He power bombs everybody to hell, and he gets the next shot at Snow Joe. Okay. Sure. Okay. Okay. Cool. He came oh, yeah. out and did a promo, and he was all angry and everything else. I'm like, you feel like the Undisputed Kingdom should have been with you while you're doing this promo? Definitely mm-hmm. doesn't feel like they're really much of a faction, but you know, we're well, it feels like the it feels like the three of them are. Yeah. And then and then Cole's kind of like decides when he wants to actually show up, and then Wardlow's like all five. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Remember when everybody got really upset at WWE? Like, I can't believe they're going to make Adam Cole a manager on the main roster. Oof. That's that's exactly what it would have looked like. Uh, Anyway, and then the only other non-title match we have on the show is uh, maybe going to be better than the Meat Madness match. Um, Win a big stack of meat. We got Takeshka. We got Will Ospreay. Uh, Maybe going to be first match in AEW. Since signing, I don't know if it's actually gonna be. I don't know if he's wrestling on TV next week. I have no idea. I would hope not. I would hope not too. But he's gonna be there for the next like two weeks or next week or whatever. So who knows? But this match is gonna be awesome. This match storyline won't be the best. Like it won't be emotionally the best match on the show, but like in ring wise, will be the best match on the show. Yeah, Osprey wins unless the only way this doesn't go Osprey's way is if there's a like a non finish. Mm-hmm. And then it spins off into a feud somewhere, but I think they're gonna want Osprey's first match just to be a banger, and then yes. wins, and then maybe he's the leader of the Don Callis group or something, and then maybe that spurns something. I don't know. I just feel like the only other way you can go with it is if like Takeshita pulls off an upset and like cheats, right? And then yeah. that spurns Bill Osprey's face turn, right? If that's mm-hmm. the way you're gonna want to do it, I could see that as well. Um, it just seems like it's a little premature to be like, oh, let's just put two really over guys in the ring against one another. Because mm-hmm. you don't, Osprey's going to get a face reaction. So it's like, is he a bad guy? Is he not a bad that's, guy? That, that's that? that's my thing. Is yeah. I think it's hard because right now he's like bad guy on the Indies. Like he's technically right. bad guy yeah, out, right. outside of AEW. But, he's but then when he comes in, he just did, they just did this huge play package and everyone's so excited to see him. And I'm like, so he's going to come out and get cheered and it's like, boo. Yeah, right. I I don't like you, even though you're awesome. Like I I don't know. So I, I feel like they had to turn him face. That's an uphill battle that they're really gonna have to establish, and they're not gonna be able to for the first year that he's here. It's like Kenny. No one wanted to boo Kenny. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean? they had to throw as much. He they had to like do an actual turn, align him with Don Callis, turn the bucks. Like they had to do so many things to get Kenny to that point. But the first year, it's like, oh, we're just so happy Ken- Kenny's on American television. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's where that's where Will's at. 100%. And then one match is actually not on here, but I remembered because I watch TV every week ah. that this match is going to happen. FTR and Moxley and Claudio. Yeah, that should be a good one. I think is on the show. I, yeah, they, I, FTR said it, then it wasn't confirmed. It's not on this list, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Cool. Yeah, if it is, I, I'll be looking forward to it. It should be good. Um, I don't know what the plan is for FTR. I feel like their tag title runs plural have not been great um mm-hmm. so it's like what do you do at this point um so i'm interested to kind of see where they go going forward yeah it's hard because i would look i would be like oh they could just enter like 
a six-man picture pretty yeah. easily. Right. Which they like, had with the Daniel Garcia thing. Mm-hmm, right? But they're kind of like occupied right. right now with like the Bullet Club Bang Bang thing. So like you know they're gonna have some kind of match together at one point. Yeah, what happened, I thought would be on- what happened to that, by the way? It's like we got this we got the trios titles. We started out so beautiful with those, and now they're not even on television. We're doing backstage segments. They're saying, Oh, let's just, we're just gonna have a six-man tag. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And now they're doing a six-man tag with like Jay White, Billy yeah. Gunn, and one of the brothers. And I went, How are these three? Yeah, right. It's like you're together. You're not a group, and it's like you're Jay White was a main eventer, and now he's doing. I don't get it. I don't understand. This is again why if Okada's coming, I go. What are they going to do with Okada? It just if you're going to put him in a main event slot, you got him and Osprey. All everybody gets shifted down one. You don't have enough television, and you don't. You're just not doing anything with these people. Yeah, realistically, before we actually jump into more of this cover, at what point are we just getting a brand split between the two? A collision and a dynamite show. If you're gonna do it, let's fucking do it. Let's make it a big deal because I'm tired of like the problem is this, right? And we talked about it. We talked about with the women's division, right? Okay, Sasha Banks is gonna debut or Mercedes Monet, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, immediately gonna get a title shot, right? Because that's just how we book things. Probably beats Tony Storm or at some point does beat her right after a small yeah. build. And then okay, now she's champion. But then you know who goes off television now? Deanna Perrazzo. Right, because she loses to Tony Storm in this show, for instance, right? Because you just don't have enough time to do it. This is the one of the few times where it's like the brand split would help them because now you keep everything fucking separate. Yeah. And it makes and here's the thing if they did it like WWE did, where you don't have a raw pay-per-view every month, it's every other month. So we have a collision pay-per-view on a January, we have a uh dynamite pay-per-view February, and alternate, and then obviously for all out for the Wembley show. And whatever big ones that you want to combine on, you can and have like these super shows. But everything else needs to be kept separate because it's becoming to the point where you've got all this talent, but you don't have the ability to utilize them because nobody cares about collision right now. Yeah. No, I think they need to put like the world title on Dynamite and like the TNT and International title yes. on Collision. Yeah. Triple and then put the, put the triple crown on, on, yeah. on the world title side. You've got the Slums. tag on one side. You've got the trios on another. you got the women's world. Women's one. one. And then, and then you, you got the TBS one on the other side. And then you have your own rankings for yes. each 100%. brand. And yep. I think it – because I think you have enough top – like Osprey, Okada, Jay White, yeah. Cole. Like you have enough top right. – Moxley's Moxley, and stuff. Claudio, like, uh, Kingston, Brian, you know, like we we can continue to go on and on. Darby, you know, MGF when he's back, Jamoa Joe, Swerve, Hangman, you know, and it's just like you can continue to go, and then you have these these other guys, right? The like the Christians, the Edges, but even like the B players, the Roderick Strongs, the you know those type of guys, the Orange Cassidy's of the world. You've got talent up the yin yang, and you can continue mm-hmm. to sign all of them. But if they're not doing anything. At some point, it's a diminishing return. Yeah. And that's the concern I have, but we'll have to see how it goes. Like, I'm very concerned that Osprey is just going to s- dwindle, right? And mm-hmm. not be in that main event scene like he needs to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm holding out hope that they'll I am too, do a brand I'm... split and like figure everything out, but For sure. they need, I, yeah, they need like writers. And, and they think they need, here's the thing I think the time slot's killing them. Yeah, the time slot's killing them. They need to. They need to get earlier. They need to get on a Thursday. They need to get on the day of the week where people aren't out doing stuff with their lives, because that like SmackDown right had to find and SmackDown's move to find that niche right. But like 
you got to get to a time where people are actually like, I'm not watching collision at 10 o'clock on a Saturday. That's not yeah, the, the hard part with that yeah. is there's not really any other day to go. Yeah. I would go Thursday personally. I would just the go NBA Thursday. covers Thursday. I know. I know. That's the problem is that they need to move collision off of Turner. That's the yeah. The, that's the, yeah. if they could get on any other network, it'd be fine. But staying on Turner, yeah. you know, you don't want to compete with Monday or Friday. Dynamite's on Wednesday, and then Tuesday, Thursday is NBA. So, like, you don't have any other days outside of Saturday to run. Oh, you've got media rights coming up, baby, and that's and that and that's such a big key to I think their plans going forward is that's why again, right? It's not me being anti AEW because I didn't want Okada to go there, but it's more of the thought of WWE knows exactly where they're going to be for the next five years. They know they're going to be on USA for SmackDown. They know they're going to be on the CW for NXT, and they know they're going to be on Netflix for Raw. They know where they're going to be. This is not a situation of, I don't know what's going on. This is not a situation of, well, AEW is not as good as WWE. AEW just has a lot of shit in flux right now. You have a whole other promotion under your umbrella that you have no idea how to do anything with And Ring of Honor. Completely dead product that we're still trying to make work. doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll see. Streaming service would be nice. If AEW said tomorrow, hey, we're going to do AEW Network, I'd be over the fucking moon. Over the moon. I'd be the first subscriber. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So that's that tangent. Um, All right. So those are your non-title matches. All right. Three matches. But now we got the title matches. Okay. We got AEW TNT title match. Christian Cage defending against Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Um, I think Daniel I can't, MVP well, here, by the way. Yeah, I at least one of them. Yeah, he's coming. I think he's really kind of coming into his own as a babyface. Uh, Christian wins this match, though. Absolutely. I don't see any way. I, I, Edge is going to beat him. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Christian wins, but Daniel Garcia Christian so that Edge can then lose it, and then him and Christian become a tag team again. That's what I really need to happen. So let's yeah. I, I imagine I imagine that's the road they're gonna go on. Like, I can only see that. Well, um yeah, Christian wins. Daniel Garcia is awesome. I'm not the biggest Daniel Garcia guy, but like he's so over like every day. I, I, I think the, the baby face thing, I think people are seeing how hard he, I think the, the Continental Classic really made him shine because they put him in with everybody where like, oh this guy can really hang. Yeah. The Continental Classic was one of the best ideas they've come up with in like absolutely. three years, I feel oh, like. Oh, absolutely. Phenomenal job all the way through. Hated the competitors, but I understood it. That's that's fine, yeah. Um, speaking of Continental Classic, we have a Continental title on the way. Yep. Eddie Kingston defends against Brian Danielson. Rematch of the semifinal and the first match of the Continental Classic, I think. Love of God, can Brian just win a meaningful match one time? He might win this one. <laughs> I kind of hope he does. Here, here, here's the thing. You give it to Eddie. Great, proud of you. Super happy for you. Yeah. Now you have to start establishing what this championship means and represents. It's the same exact thing they have yet to still do with the international championship. Mm-hmm. You've got to establish it. It's got to be. It, I feel like this is. They want it to be their secondary championship. I kind of feel like that. Go ahead. I'll, yeah. Well, no, I was just say I was just say the international one. I think they established and then unestablished like really quickly. Yeah, because I think Orange Cassidy was doing the whole like yeah. workhorse. I'm doing this thing. Moxie won it. I thought we were going to get to that next like yeah, okay, level. You're that level of guy. And then Moxie got hurt. Ray Phoenix got hurt. And then Orange like I guess I'll win it back. And then since then it's been bad. But I think they had something. Yeah. At one point. 
so I'm looking at the international, intercontinental, triple crown, whatever. Continental. Yeah, continental, sorry, intercontinental, sorry, continental championship. Yeah. And I strong like open weight in Ring of Iowa. Right. That's what they want the championship to be, right? I feel like giving it to Brian and his let like and letting him go at the end. Like, every match going forward for Brian's important, right? Yeah. Give it to Brian. Let him put the prestige on this championship where it's important. It's Brian Danielson. You've got a year left of full-time duty. So when he loses it, you make somebody. Yeah. Right? You lose it, and it's like, oh, Darby just beat him, or you know, Garcia just beat him, or you know, name whoever the fuck you want to do it with. But then you establish you're like, oh, holy shit. Like Brian's been champion for like you know 255 days or whatever. And it's like he's been he he beat Moxley. He's beaten this guy. He's beat this guy. He's beat this guy. All that stuff to get to that point where he's a credible champion, and then you pay it off and you go, Oh my gosh, this guy's the new continental champion. Holy shit, this is like a new era we're going into. I don't feel like when Eddie loses it, we're gonna have that same feeling. So I'd mm-hmm. rather him lose it now and establish that with a with a true main eventer. Eddie yeah. Kingston, in my opinion, is not a main eventer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll say this. Um, I would like Brian to win. And I think a long-term, long-term, like you said, like 200-plus days thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much New Japan you've watched this year, yeah. but him and Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. are one-and-one one against each yeah, other. Exactly. I think I right. think building this for 200 days, and then you do all-in, Sabre yeah. Jr., Brian Danielson, and then have maybe Zack win, because that might be one of Brian's last yeah, hurrahs sure. is that match. Have Zack Sabre win it, and yeah. that's like your, okay, now it's big time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you're establishing a new talent, right? Like there's just so many ways to go about it. I just know this. I just don't feel that same connection to Eddie Kingston as a champion. And because he's the champion, that chase and his character, I don't think fits him being the champion. It fits the chase, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not the same feel you're defending rather than trying to obtain. So it's, it's different. I feel like they need to get back to that a little bit. It's hard for me to feel like bad for Eddie Kingston. I go, you hold three world championships. How hard is your life? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a hard one because, like, it's. I, mean, I think me and you are like the anomalies where, like, we just don't like. He's good, but like, we like we don't have that like connection to him. Yeah, I just, a lot of people who just like love him to death. Yeah, and, like, and I just like, like don't have that. So I just. I think he elicits emotion. I think his in-ring work is fine. It's not phenomenal. I do think he's more of a storytelling guy than a like a high-impact maneuver person for sure. Mm. I think people like him because he's a little bit off the cuff, right? And he says things that are on his mind, and he does all those things, and I get that. And he has a tremendous love and respect for the industry, which is great. Um, but at the same time, is Eddie Kingston a true bona fide main event talent for you? The answer is no. Yeah. I would say no for me. I know a lot of people would yeah. say yes. Right. But here's the thing. I don't think – I think Tony Khan would try to sell you as yes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody's going to want to pay to see Eddie Kingston, Samoa Joe main event all out. Yeah. Or all in, whatever, right? I just don't see it, right? You have too many other names above him right now. He feels like a guy holding the title where the title's supposed to be making him rather than vice versa. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. Also, again, can, Brian could just win a match. That'd be cool, too. Yeah. AEW. He wins New Japan yeah. matches all the time. <laughs> yeah, apparently. But, but no, he does not win AEW matches ever. Um, 
You can do him and Okada again if you wanted to. Screw it. I don't care. You could. You can do a third one with them because they're right. one and one. You know, Perfect. you got a lot. Of, you got a lot of Okada one and one and all in in Wembley for that title. Holy shit! Okada's the third ever champion. That's who your champions have been: Eddie Kingston, Brian Danielson, Okada. That's what your, I mean. That's I was gonna awesome. say Okada, Zack Saber Jr. Even with like Will Ospreay or something like like, there's a lot yes. of guys who can just yes, be exactly the next person, He's the guy to make the title. Because once you establish who's held it and that lineage, now the title means something. That's the point. You know what I mean? But yeah, we'll see. I'm old fashioned like that, I guess. <laughs> I'm new fashion, so <laughs> uh, let's talk about some women. Oh boy, we got a women world title match, Rob. Oh, we do. It's actually actually is getting built, and like actually, yeah, yeah. Has I love, behind it, I love really the black and white color call. So cool, Hilarious. so cool. Fantastic. When they're sitting in the ring and it's half yeah. and half, and it's yeah, like the coolest really thing ever. By the way, uh, Tony Storm defends against Diana Perazzo. Yeah. Should Tony be wins. awesome match, honestly. Tony wins, but it should be really cool. Yeah, should be good. Setting up something big. For her and Mercedes Monet should be a good time. Yeah, yeah. Tony Storm really found her niche, which is good for her. She did. She was, she was drowning there for a for a minute. Yeah, she, oh, the, the fun part about Tony is she found a character that can be like non championship character. Yes, exactly. Or like she can just yeah. like go yeah. around yeah. and she's like I'm better than him. Yeah, she can. Yeah, thousand percent. Yep. Uh, AEW International Championship. Oh boy. Ooh. The one that was on the edge of the seat for. <sighs> we got. The uh, not the leader, not the second manager, maybe the, the messiah of the backbreaker, Roger. Maybe, maybe the fifth man in line, Roger Strong, <laughs> taking on oh, good Orange Cassidy for the title. Um, or, or this one has this, you, is, this is my last gasp for the Undisputed Kingdom. If Roger so, Strong does not win this mother effing match, Rob, how much will it kill you? If Orange Cassidy goes all Johnny Gargano on the whole team and just beats everyone. If we're at a theater, I'm leaving. Let's put it that way. I don't even know how I'd feel. I Listen, you have to get some steam behind. Like, you spent months, years building this thing. And I get it. It's shitty circumstance because Cole's not healthy yet. But damn, the, the, the international titles mean jack shit anyway right now. He's literally Orange Cassidy. I feel like it feels like, so I'm just holding this, right? It's like. What am I doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a perfect time. Yes. Cheat, win, whatever you have to do where it's, hey, you know, the perfect story I feel like in my mind would be if Orange goes out there by himself, uh, Roddy comes out there with Taven and Bennett, right? And they help him and nobody comes and helps out Orange, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Roddy wins the title. Yay. Cool. We're putting heat on the undisputed kingdom. We're giving them some accolades, trying to make them a real force. But then the, uh, on the backside of that is orange being like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like what the hell? Where are, where's my friends? Where's Trent? Where's this guy? Where's this guy? And then that slowly starts a different type of, of persona for orange where it's like, yeah, he's, he doesn't care. But at the same time, he goes, the one thing he cared about more than anything was being international champion. And now mm-hmm. that's gone from him, and you didn't have his friends back on. Now you establish a new edge to Orange, and now we've got a point where instead of being that I don't care character, now it's, yeah, I don't care about your feelings, but I'm not going to be stopped in what I want to do. That's main event level shit. That's now a different level that we're getting to where now you put the world title on Orange Cassidy and you go, okay, he cares about that. He don't care about mm-hmm. anything else, but he cares about being the world champion. That's a different level. Right. And that's where I feel like you could go with that. But Roderick Strong 
has to win this match. He's got to win the title. We've got to start getting some steam behind this damn group. Because otherwise, what the hell are we doing? What's the point? What, you haven't liked the group so far? They haven't been on TV. Adam Cole is telling me again what what why he did what he did to MJF for the 50th time. I love Adam Cole. I am the number one. I am the president and founder of the Adam Cole fanboy club. And he's killing me right now because this group sucks. You're not wrong. Anyways. <laughs> Do it right, Tony. Give him the damn championships. It worked in NXT. It'll work. It worked in Ring of Honor. It worked everywhere else. Yeah. Figure it out. AEW World Title 3 match. All right. We got uh, Hangman Adam Page. Mr. Mustache. We got Mr. Swerve Strickland, who has the coolest dance by a manager ever. <laughs> and we have a uh, strong, strong man, Smojo. Yeah, Joe retains here. Um, I feel like this <sighs> is more of a mechanism to continue the Hangman Swerve feud, and Joe just exists. Yes. And I don't love that. Um, I don't feel like Joe has really been put in this. I know they did that one promo with all three of them in the ring, but I really haven't felt like Joe has been like the focal point of this build. Yeah. Well, Joe doesn't have outside defending the championship, obviously, doesn't have like a reason. Yeah. Right. To be in there. Exactly. Like he doesn't have a rivalry with either one of them. Oh, he if he should, like, if yeah. Swerve wants him. Hangman wants to make sure Swerve doesn't get him, right. and then so Joe's like, just I'm the, a badass. Yeah. Joe's just the guy that everyone is happens to hold the title. Happens to hold the title because the story could go with literally any other person. Yeah, yeah. Plug and play anybody else. Plug and play. Yeah. So um, this feels a little weird that this is his first title defense. I don't like the fact that Swerve is even in this position, but yeah, I think Joe retains. Yeah, I'll say over under how many times we put it like two and a half. Okay. How many times does Swerve basically have a three and then Hangman like breaks it up? Probably like four. Yeah. I, mean, I think I think at one point it's like Swerve's got him, Hangman hits him with a chair or something, then Joe chokes Hangman. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many times does Hangman pull right out of the ring or breaks up a pin or does something where like Swerve was that close but doesn't get it? Exactly. Like yeah. three, four times probably. It just again, I think it takes away from okay, well, Joe retains. Cool. That's why I don't think this match made events either. I definitely think Sting and the That's why I went out of order because yeah, yeah. That's I, I don't think anyone going off television is gonna be like because here's the thing if you like semi main Sting and Darby versus the Bucks and then that has to follow, it's gonna die. It's gonna, yeah, it'll it, they'll get them at some point because you got three talented performers in there, but going off the show with just Joe winning the title is gonna be like that was cool, but mm-hmm. No, Sting last match because I think I think Sting and the Bucks is going to wind up being the best match of the night. Okay, in terms of crowd reaction, the investment yeah. into it, like mm-hmm. the crowd interaction with it, probably technically it'll be Will and and Takeshita, but in yeah. terms of every the feel, the vibe, I think it's going to be this one. Yeah, um, I mean this place basically sold out with him. for this match, right? And this, match, and I, so. I really enjoyed the build. I know some people have been shitting on it. I really enjoyed the build. For this match, I think they've done a really yeah, good job with it. I'm, 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 it, I'm, it made it more than just well, Sting chose the Bucks. It's the Bucks are like, no, we want to be right. We all read online what's really going on, but they've turned it into hey, they're dick faces and everything else, and we're establishing these new characters. I think they've done a really nice job of building this. Yeah, time. well, the, yeah, it, the, the fun part about it too is it's a retirement match, and you don't know, yeah, you don't know who's winning. winning. 
Right. Exactly. A thousand percent. Right. Because you can make the argument for both. Yeah. A lot of these matches, you can be like, okay, like Smoke win at one point. You know, Orange Cat or uh, Orange Cat should lose at one point in here. Right. Um, you know, like Tony Storm is going to win at one point. Look at this match. You go, who takes the fall? Who? Right. There's so many. Is it like a Sting take a fall and lose? Is it Darby that like loses it for Sting, or do they beat the Bucks? Like, I think there's three or four different ways you go with it. There's a lot of different ways. I've even thought of, and I don't think they'll go this route. Personally, I think. Well, let's go to the prediction first. I think. I personally think Sting should win. I and I know that is contrary to most people's thought in terms of because you always lose on the way out, right? Mm-hmm. But I think in this moment of time, because the Bucks are going to get enough heat anyway, and with that promo Sting delivered, I really thought it was setting up to be like, man, Sting is going to go balls to the wall in this tornado tag, no DQ, right? I think he's going to give everything he's got. Like the Bucks are going to make him look like a million bucks, and. I won't be mad if Sting wins and mm-hmm. they go out and they come out the next night. Sting goes, Hey, I really appreciate everything AEW has done for me. I appreciate Tony Khan, Darby. You're, you know, you're a great friend, blah, 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 you know? And, and then they, they vacate the titles or Darby, you know, gets entered in a tournament to that or finds new, whatever the way they want to do with the titles. Okay. But I won't be mad if they go that route. Mm-hmm. I've got a small, I don't want to say hope, Okay. But a way that would fuck everybody up, and that's Darby turns. Mm. And the only reason I say this is because once Sting's gone, what does Darby do? Right? Darby's been doing the same thing with Sting for the last, what, two years, roughly? Yeah, something like that. And, and he had that little run there. Three years. The title, yeah. right, for a second with Joe. Right where we thought he was probably probably their MVP for those couple months, he was because he was doing a lot of shit. Um, if Darby turned on Sting, and that's how you ended it, and you got major major heat on Darby, right? I feel like that's a situation where now you're leveling up Darby to where you're like, oh, that's son of because that's like uber heat, sure. Right? I don't think they go that route. I think that's a little bit too inside baseball almost. But yeah, I do think it'd be an interesting kind of conversation as we're like, oh, Darby lost him the titles. Mm-hmm. Right? Darby lost him the titles, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because then it's like, oh, shit. And then he comes out the next night and you go, where do we go from here? Right? What is what? Because the really thing is, what does Darby do coming out of this match? Mm-hmm. Things going home. Sting's done. If the Bucks win, they got the titles. They they can go on and do whatever. Derby's not a tag guy. So it's like, where where does Darby go from here? Right? Is he just gonna come out and be like, now my goal is to be world champion? And Sting goes, Yeah, you're gonna be world champion one day. All right, high fives. You know, maybe that's the way they go with it. Cool. But yeah, just thinking of something they can do to then propel Darby to that next level, I feel like there's gotta be something more there. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think. The Bucks could win, and that still happen. No, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know like, what I mean, like yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I think that's. I think it could happen if, if Sting came out the next night or on Wednesday, and like yeah. they lose, right? Hug all that stuff. Sting gets yeah. Up. Next night, Sting comes out. Blah 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 blah. Right. Darby comes out there, shakes hand, hits him with a low blow. Right, and that's the last time you see Sting. And then it's Darby. And then what does he align with the Bucks? Is he, you know, what does that look like? All that stuff, but. 
I just think there's something that they have to do with Darby now to not waste those three years that he's been with Sting. He's been getting the Sting rub. If he's going to be the baby face, then the next challenger has to be Darby because Darby mm-hmm. has to come out and go, you know, it's been an honor. I've learned everything from it. And Sting needs to put him over and Sting needs to go, Darby, you're, you're going to be world champion and you need to go get it. Right. And then we yeah. start this massive baby face build for him and Joe. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I, they don't have enough time or enough people, right. To get through what we need to get through. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think, I think the Bucks end up winning this. I won't be shocked either way. Let me put it that way. No, I wouldn't be shocked either way. I just think it's a. I think I think they like abuse their power to win type of deal, sure. and I think I think it'd be weird. Like I think like having the accolade of being the one in oh yeah thirty five and one or what they'll they'll say that like they did the taker streak like a thousand times yeah. in the next like six weeks yeah, we like, retired sting right we yeah. retired sting and you know we were the one team that could beat them because they're undefeated although like they'll have that moniker as the heel so i just i feel like they'll win yeah. um to your point with the derby thing on the turn i think it'd be interesting i could also see him being like Uber duper baby face going yeah, against sure. the Christian, yeah, Christian could, and pointing edge up and stuff. And right, you could lean either way. I'm just, I'm just looking at something to immediately get everybody going. Oh, what did they just do? Right. Yeah, I was. Yeah, maybe when MJF comes back, he gets the pillars to help against the undisputed kingdom or oh, what. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like right. there's, there's so a lot of yeah, there's okay. a lot of ways that Darby can go. So I don't think it's like oh now he's got nothing. I think he could easily just pop into whatever. Yeah. But I think being a heel. Would be interesting. I wonder if it would be though, like, like Jungle Boy turning heel, where it's like, is it mm-hmm. how believable? Is it right? Is heel. The only other thing I would say is if if Sting gave him the rub right at the end, where it's like, listen, it's your time now, right? And you do it, and then you know what I would do? Mm-hmm. I would have Darby do exactly what Sting did in '97. Darby goes out, right? He loses. Like, let's let's put it like this, right? Bucks and Sting and, and Darby, right? Yeah. Darby loses the fall. Okay, because I don't think Sting loses the fall if they do. I I imagine that. Right. So Darby loses the fall. Darby and, you know, Sting goes away. Right. Darby's emotional. Maybe Sting doesn't even come out on Wednesday. Right. Or maybe he does. And it's just him by himself. Right. But Darby blames himself for losing Sting's last match for Sting and the titles. Right. Mm -hmm. So what does Darby do? Goes away. He's a recluse. He's up in the rafters. You see him sparingly, right? He's just, it's a darker, quieter version of Darby Allen, right? And then we start to see, it's 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 Sting Ripoff 101. It really is. But then all of a sudden, oh, here's Darby. He's interjects himself in this. Why? Why did he get involved with X guy here? Why did he get involved here? Why did he do this? And then you start that slow burn where all of a sudden, at some point, whether it's Joe or whatever heel champion you have, Darby's like that last one, right, to come mm. down and be like, nope, I'm taking it, right? Yeah. I feel like you could go that way with it, too, where he becomes an attraction now, right? Yeah. He's not an every week, and now you're like, oh, holy shit. Darby's going to be wrestling for the world title, and it's believable because you've seen it, the development, right? And it's like, hey, he's done all these things. He's overcome everything. He's now had to internalize the biggest loss of his career 
for his idol. And now he's coming back with a vengeance. He's coming back to undo that. And the only way he feels he can do that is to deliver the world championship. Right. I feel like you could go that route with it as well. Right. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot of different ways they could go. I just don't want him to come out there and be like, sting your awesome high five. And then we wait six months to figure out what the hell Darby's going to do. I feel like you need to cash in on this match and the marquee that it's going to bring and tell Darby to that next level where you think, Oh shit, he could be world champion or Hey, he's gotta be world champion. Like I want to get that point where it's like, he's going to be the next guy or Mm -hmm. one of the next guys, I guess. I don't know. Should be a fun show though. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I don't see a lot of holes in the show. No, I don't either. Outside of that meat madness thing, I'll go get popcorn during that. <laughs> Whoa, what if it's awesome? What if they're slapping meats? Like, really? <laughs> yeah, I I didn't really think the the last one with uh, Miro and Hobbs was all that spectacular. So it was it was just fun though. Yeah, it was when fun. you're in the theater and everyone's just you know slapping meats or whatever they're you know it was funny. No, thank you. All right, that's good. It was like a one star match, but like it was funny to be there. Right. That's good for this week's show. Next week, we're talking Elimination Chamber. Um, and that, you know, hopefully we get some more progress on the road to WrestleMania. We're going to be doing another Merckso mock draft corner. Get used to that saying. It's going to be happening every week going forward. Uh, lots of stuff coming your way, guys. But for the for the missing whale man, he is the Merckso Mike Merkel. I am the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka, And we will see you guys, as always, next time.